Let me go ahead and, and kick us off, frame our time together for folks who are joining. So my name is Erica Jordan Thomas. I am CEO of EJT Consulting, which I launched October of 2017, so a little over three years ago. I'm former teacher, former assistant principal, former principal, and then am wrapping up my journey as a full-time doctoral student at Harvard Graduate School of Education. I graduate next month. So excited. I defended last Monday, which is so crazy, and I'm now here talking to to Beth because we're excited I'm excited to learn about her journey tonight because one of the other pieces that I'm really passionate about is supporting educators who are so deeply grounded in community and kids and supporting them and expanding their impact impact and building their wealth while they do it through launching an education consulting business and so I do that through a a arm of my business called Get Launch Consulting which is a a program that is specifically for educators to walk them step by step through the process of how to launch their consulting business. And so I'm here tonight with Beth, who is a member of Cycle 5. And y'all, this is going to be such a good conversation because what's so, first off, I'm excited for y'all to know all of Beth's receipts because her receipts <laughs> are long. She has long receipts. I just wait. She, she's going to do her intro here in a minute, but I need you to know that Beth is badass. Okay. So I'm excited for you to like soak up all of her badassness. <laughs> and what's gonna what's so beautiful about Beth's journey is Beth like literally just made the transition to full-time consulting. And so I feel like that's one of the questions that comes up all the time. Are people ask, like, can I do this full time? Yeah. Like, does this like, well, this can is this something that I could actually like replace my salary with? Like the that's one of the biggest questions. And so I'm excited to dive into that question and so, so, so much more with that. So welcome Beth in the chat. Tell you show her some love <laughs> for joining us. And if you have questions during our I time see some together, folks who might be trolling, which is great. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions during our time, drop those into the chat. I'll make sure that those get answered. And so Beth, kick us off with with your education movie trailer. And I feel yes. like this this trailer is Oscar worthy. So, so um, let us yeah, some of the steps in your journey. I, I, yes, for sure. Thanks, Erica. And it's so fun to be here. You have been such an important part of my journey. You would definitely be in the trailer, but towards oh. the end, because that was pretty recently, we just mm-hmm. met in the fall, but it would start with a very sad looking teacher <laughs> in Washington Heights. I did teach for America over 20 years ago, which mm-hmm. I know, I know. You don't look it. like it though. Come on, Girl, I'm But you know, I did teach for America and I was a teacher and I had a terrible first year and I had a much better second year. And after working in admissions for Teach for America for a year, really thought that I wanted to go back to teaching and get really good at it. And so I went to, oh, the writing and thinking project. Yes, Laura, it's coming. (laughs) I went to go teach in rural North Carolina at an amazing school. I went there in 2003 and I taught the same group of kids in fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. They were the pride of 2011 Mm. because that is the year they were going to college, which now sounds like ancient history. But at the time in 2003, that was like talking about, you know, like the space odyssey. And so I think Mm -hmm. there is where I really saw how important a great teacher was and how when you had great teachers in every class, it made a huge difference. And so I became a dean of instruction. I wrote the curriculum there. That was before the Common Core, just to take myself a little further I led a national project for KIPP Writing and Thinking um, with teachers across the country, which is amazing, um, and where I think I started to really love 
teacher development. And then I moved back home to Chicago, was at a school that wasn't a great fit, started thinking about starting my own school, but also fell in love. So moved to California because why live in Chicago when you could live in California? (laughs) Says says someone coming to you live from California (laughs) to Chicago right now. So... And then I ran the Teach for America Institute for a few years because I really felt like what I had seen in education was that people, you know, often the path to leadership in education does not involve any sort of preparation to manage and motivate adults. And Mm. I experienced that from the wrong end several times Mm -hmm. and was like, if I want to start a school one day, because I really love school-based work, I really love working with kids and families, I really love seeing kids grow up. Um, I'd had that powerful experience in North Carolina. I was like, I have to learn to lead adults. And I unfortunately have worked for too many people who had no idea how to do that. And I I saw people leave. I saw people Mm. try different careers. And so I went to Teach for America, which is a place that I know from your live with Chrissy the other night. Like, you know, you learn a lot about good management at places Mm -hmm. that can teach you that. And then I decided that, you know what, I, my favorite part of the whole thing was running the Institute over the summer and helping new teachers develop. I trained 500 teachers um, every summer, not personally, I had an awesome team and I learned a lot about managing through layers and motivating people and what to do. And I decided to start a school. So that is my most recent accomplishment, I would say, is that we actually, this, so I did that 10 years ago, I started a fellowship to start a school and I opened in 2013 um, with a team of people with fourth and fifth graders. They are now juniors and seniors in high school. We are about to graduate the pride of 2021. And again, when we opened in 2013, 2021 was like the far off future of flying cars. And <laughs> we currently have, I know, and I, maybe some people in the chat can help me. The last I checked, I think we were at 179 college acceptances for our 29 oh, wow. seniors. We are at 96% college acceptance. Uh, we got mm-hmm. one person who was real close. She was a little late on her application. Mm-hmm. And the college going rate in the community I serve is up 6%. And so it's, we're 99% African-American. And I just learned a lot in the past 10 years about the challenges of school leadership, the challenges of getting adults together, working in communities that have been systematically oppressed for generations and centuries and centuries. And yeah, so those are, those are my receipts. I'm trying to do a better job at talking about myself. It's not my favorite thing. So I give you a little bit of the trailer. There were a lot of circles under the eyes. There still are somewhere, but Hard work Listen. is good work, right? <laughs> Listen, so I'm, I'm sitting in two big ass receipts. The first receipt of like running a Teacher America Institute, mm. like that receipt within itself. <laughs> Says someone who's been there clearly. Listen. <laughs> Listen, the little bag lunches within itself, okay? Like that within itself is like a whole ops manual. Yeah. <laughs> like, when the like, bosses were late, you had to lit. build a relationship with Rodney at the bus company because it was like, look, Rodney, I know it's LA, but we got to get to school. <laughs> uh, so like that receipt of just like running a whole institute that is training hundreds of teachers at a time. And Mm -hmm. then I was, I was, I had to like, like hold myself for a second because you were just like, yeah. And then I opened the school and then I was like, hold on, wait, she had to go a little (laughs) bit deeper because I was like, I was like, let me, let me not like interrupt her because you were just like, yeah, I just opened up a school. And then I was like, (laughs) so that receipt of opening up the school. And I, I think I told you this of just like, you know, the extent of your impact of, I had a, a session 
in my program, it was like a career service session. And the person who was, you know, providing us career support was talking about a board that she, sh- she sat on of an amazing school in Chicago. Mm. And then I realized it was your school. I was like, <laughs> come on, Beth, and like her impact. And so, uh, so just like being able to underscore and name that, like, and this is, you know, through doing these conversations, like this is one of the themes that I want people to pick up on is the fact that there are, 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 I call them Beyonce educators, (laughs) Beyonce educators, where it's like, yo, like you are perfectly positioned to be able to open up your own consulting business. And like by, by doing that, it, it creates more goodness in the world because you've, you've already had an impact in so many different ways. And so, so talk to us a little bit about, so clearly in your journey, and I know there's so many other things that, you know, folks, uh, so many parts of your journey, but you've, you, you've had rich experience, rich experience. So like what created this, like, okay, maybe consulting, like, yeah, yeah. Route. That's a great question. And so first of all, I will say I am transitioning to full-time work, but I am still, I would never in a million years start a school and leave the spring before our first group of seniors graduate. Like that is not mm-hmm. in my soul. Yeah. So I am, my my successor CEO is watching now, the inimitable Tracy Sandlin, who I'm very excited is taking over at Collegiate. And so I'm on staff now with like a senior advisor to her, mm-hmm. which basically means that I give her unsolicited advice that she is free to ignore <laughs> because I'm not her boss anymore. <laughs> she gets it for free now, July 1st mm-hmm. when I launch 100% full-time. But the reality is, is that she's busy getting ready for next year. The yeah. whole school, we're getting ready to physically reopen for the first time. You know, there's hiring, planning, anyone. And education and educational leadership knows that really the spring is so much about planning for the summer and next year. So I kind of was like, let me get out of the way. And it's given me a lot of opportunity to really spend the vast majority of my time on this because I have to replace my salary, right? And that is a big concern. And so I think for me, you know, this was certainly not, by the way, I have a homemade, homemade fancy rings for my fancy (laughs) people. Yes. Oh, I love it. I thought it was maybe a little excessive. Also, I couldn't really get ready with all these like pipe cleaners on my face. <laughs> so we went down to one for hand. You know, I, I think even three years ago, even a year ago, I think I would have been surprised that this is what I was doing. But, mm. you know, I think when I originally started my school, which I started my fellowship in the September of 2011, it was a two-year process, getting ready to, you know, visiting like 50 high-performing schools across the country, coming up with a school oh, wow. design, writing my charter, which I believe had, it was a hundred pages of narrative and I think 36 appendices, you know, getting community support in Chicago, which is no small feat. It is not yeah. a very charter friendly city. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. from, I, oh, I don't know the big strike that happened the spring before we mm-hmm. opened <laughs> where charter mm-hmm. growth and expansion was one of the striking points. And so I met with over 200 people to become, to find the eight people who will be a part of our founding board of directors. And I was really lucky. I was supported by the folks at the organization I was working with to learn how. I had a lot of time to devote to it. I had a stipend as a result of that. But I really felt like I'm opening up the place where I want to work for the rest of my life. I mean, the reality is is that I felt like I would have been so happy in North Carolina being like this. I love teaching, reading, and writing. I wanted to be there. I love seeing kids grow up. We made a huge impact in our community. Rural towns are often very underserved, and ours was no exception. And we had 100% college acceptance. I think they're probably on year 12 of that now, but I was there when it was, 
year one. I was there when it was year minus six, right? Six years until we got to the first year. But that's all to say that I was like, I, I would have planted there, but it was a town of a thousand people. And I was like in my late twenties and single and was like, I want to have a life and a family. And so this is all to say that I was trying to start the school and be like, this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And I want to start this and I'm really proud of it. And I think what happened was that you know, when I started a school, I, um, I, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter the Friday before I started my fellowship. She was born in May, May 18th, 2012. And six weeks later to the day, the charter application came out. It was due six weeks from then. So between mm. her six ages, six weeks and 12 weeks, I like had her basically on my breast and was like doing this mm. and my mom would come in and help. And so, I, but what happened was like, that's when I started and I was all in. And then, you know, it's 2018. Um, I unfortunately got divorced, um, which totally rocked my world. Suddenly, I am the single mother of now three children because I had twins the second year of the school. Because, you know, why just have one child? You can have two. <laughs> Let's also, by the way, make it twin boys. Oh. <laughs> because it's who are super adorable, as evidenced by the great <laughs> Yes. You know, and I was like, wait a second, like, I need more flexibility at home. I don't have a partner. I'm the one who needs to pick up at school now. Like, and, and I had a co-parent who was absolutely in the picture, but I felt a lot more pressure and I felt like something's got to give. And honestly, at the same time, my school, you know, schools have ups and downs and we were in a down slump. And I thought, oh my God, I can't leave now. We're not doing so great. I got to get us some better footing. I got to see this first class through. I was literally like by the skin of my teeth holding on, but I was just determined to. So that's when I started thinking about, well, what am I going to do next? And you know, I started looking around at things and I'm like, okay, well, I could go like run this nonprofit or do this education thing. But then it's still the same thing. I'm still the one who has to do pickup. I'm still the one who has to do drop off. You know, I now have like a new board of directors I have to learn. I could go get a job in corporate. I'd make more money. I need to make more money. I'm the breadwinner. But like, who knows what kind of boss you get in culture? It's just time for a career mm-hmm. switch. And so I, I think I really was like, you know, I, a, I need to be my own boss because I haven't had a boss in 10 years and I enjoy that, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. And I need to make more money and I need more flexibility. And so then I kind of say, what, what is that job? And, you know, I talked to friends. I talked to another entrepreneur who started her own business, a dear friend of mine. I kind of started thinking, thinking, thinking. And so when I saw in the fall, I think in a former TFA staff member group, you posted about the course, I was like, okay, I got to check this out because it kept coming back again and again to consulting, right? That's mm-hmm. what people do after they've had these experiences. You have this rich variety of experience. I was like, but it's so uncertain. And what about health insurance? But it's like, I was unyielding on, I need to make more money. And, and I was very well compensated in my role. Like, I don't mean mm-hmm. to say that, but like my mm-hmm. obligations went up, right? So I need to make more money. I need to be way more flexible, right? I, I, like, I was like, okay with working less. It wasn't even, I need to work less. Like I, I like to work. I like making an impact in the world, but like it had to be flexible around the family and the needs of my kids, you know, and, and I would like to make a difference in the world. And the thing that really actually like, so, so your class, I was like, okay, I got to take this class. I got to see what I could do. Let me feel the waters. Let me learn. I knew the way I am. I could buy a million books on consulting and not read them. But if I had to show up for your class from six to seven thirty on Tuesdays and get childcare and watch it, that I was going to go. And I had paid the money. I invested, and I felt like mm-hmm. I had to do it. Mm-hmm. This is the same way I also get myself to exercise. By the way, I the class. <laughs> I can't cancel, and I'm like, mm, you can let that money go. Okay, fine. I'll just go to class. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And if I'm I'm for sure telling the long-winded version of the story. So you can we love it. it. No, okay. We love it. We love <laughs> I, it. I'm known for, I'm not known for brevity, but 
you know, I was like, let me, let me experiment with this. So that really helped me go through a couple iterations. I had gone through like some, some musings with this a few years ago. And should I do this? And so I really thought about it and I realized I could do it. You know, I, I saw people having, and I knew I had already let my board know last August, I had a moment where I was like, this is my last year. I had hoped to maybe stay till the second group graduated, but it just became very clear last summer that leading a, leading a small charter organization post-pandemic was going to look different than pre-pandemic. And so this was no victory lap situation. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. this was the right time. I started talking to my board. Let's find a great successor. P.S. I think I have been developing her right in our very own backyard here. So I was just looking there first. And so we worked on a lot of that in the fall, very undercover while I was, you know, doing the listening to the podcast, doing the pre-work, like thinking about where my niche was, collecting my receipts, talking to potential Mm -hmm. ideal clients. And, you know, the thing I don't, the thing that really sold me was when I was thinking about this. So one, I checked those boxes, but also when I was in that 2018 slump, when I was like getting divorced and, you know, my school was a little bit shaky for a minute. It was like, honestly, consultants save me. Like I can think mm. of three separate people. And I, it wasn't just in 2018. It was mm. in 20, in 2013, I felt this or 2014. We had a woman come in in 2018 where it was like, they brought a level of expertise that I needed. Sometimes in data analysis, I did not understand the math NWA assessment like I needed to. And I, it was our accountability assessment. And so mm. I had to, as the instructional leader of the school, do that. In 2018, we needed a way to like intervene more effectively with our kids. And I knew I knew how to do that, but I did not have the capacity to do it. Right. And also I was tired. And so like I needed someone from outside to like come in with the energy and like accountability. And honestly, for me, being able as a leader, there is nobody when you're in the CEO seat, and even when you're in the principal seat, who you can be like, look, let me just tell you what is really going on and how da 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 da. And just like let it off. That part. Feel better. Yep. And then be like, great, now let's work on this intervention structure that's going to get our kids moving. And, you know, they brought interesting to the table. So I think that, and actually I was talking today to my former, um, I was networking with other people who do consulting and one of my former program directors from Teach for America. And she said, you know, I was worried I wouldn't be able to make an impact in this work, but you can do really great, meaningful work that helps really great organizations at a time where they need it. And that feels really good. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was what all these factors kind of made me say, this is what I need to do. That was in the fall. And I was like, I know I'm leaving in June. Like, this is my runway, right? And like, yeah. I don't have huge savings or anything. So like, I better figure out how to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love I love the fact that you're dispelling for us the this like myth sometimes that's out there that like consulting is like this like, you know, drive by like, do some PD and then you go and like that yeah. it's it's like this narrative that it's not impactful work. When I think actually some of that is, I think actually is a byproduct of of bad mediocre people being consultants. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. the, or like, people who have to get a consultant don't really want it. Right. And like, look, I I can remember we had a team of consultants come in probably in 2017, and honestly, they gave me a lot of news I did not want to hear. I did not enjoy those calls. I did not feel like they were my work therapist, but they told me information I needed to turn my organization around. And I took that information and I never could have gotten that information because I just didn't come in with that view that they did, right? They had fresh eyes and fresh view and they'd see the million schools. And so even when you, 
don't always like sometimes like a don't shoot the messenger right mm-hmm. but it it made our school better and i am like our program is better we you know have our kids like i, I don't know how many of our k- kids off the top of my head are first generation but the vast majority will be the first in their family to go to college like that's incredible and would we have gotten here if somebody hadn't said in 2017 you know what xyz needs to change and they were right it did yeah you know yeah. so yeah yeah but you're right yeah. i do think it's like this like you know it, it's a different, I mean, and I'm new to this. I've been doing some kind of side hustle stuff and working with some clients since January, but like, you know, I, it, it's like, you're, it's a different kind of impact. Like, I think I'll miss like having a team mm-hmm. and going to work and like the holiday mm-hmm. party and that piece. But I think what I gain is like, I get to work all these different clients who I would never get to know. And they're doing really great work. And I can be like, oh yeah, like, this is how you help implement a rigorous curriculum. Yep. I know you're worried about X or Y. I've been there. I've done a small school. Here's what we could do. What if we do it this way? What if we do that? That's what it can really be a, a thought partner. So yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's really fun so far. I have to say. Well, and one of the things too, just, you know, to what you're naming is I think, um, I think one of the things when I started my consulting business that I was, and I mean, also as an educator, I saw this, that I was just shocked by was like, and actually, I think I think this has been a reoccurring lesson or theme in my career as I like elevated to new positions. It's like, you know, that there were people who were mediocre and getting paid, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like that, like mm-hmm. in consulting. Like there were so many people who were mediocre at what they were doing. They had no intention of changing, and they were getting paid. And so, mm-hmm. like to your point of like you know, the impact that you can have as a consultant, that's why I get like so fired up when I hear people like you talk and hear people like you with your receipts and your stories. And it's like, actually like Beth is disrupting the archetype for who is a consultant because Mm. the average consultant, I've been on and on consulting engagements paired with other consultants where they've never worked in education. And I'm like, this is disrespectful. Because you would never right. do this in a sector. You would never do this in the medical sector where you would right, bring in right. a consultant who has who right. doesn't have an MD, who has never like, you know, who's never been a doctor. Like you would never do this in, in the medical sector. And so, everyone like, thinks they get education, right? And you know, you're like, I'd like to go see your ass cover that fifth grade classroom when they're listen, you tell me how listen, that goes. Listen. You know, this is really hard. And like from the outside, sometimes it's like, oh, if you did X, Y, and Z, it's like, it's hard. It's human. It's challenging. And when you've been there, I mean, you've spent so much time doing so much great work. Like you're in the trenches. You're like, I don't want to fight to be there. Yeah. So I'm going to help you. Yeah. 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 It's a completely yeah. different approach. And the, the other point that stuck out to me of what you just named is like, which I think is so freeing, but it, it's, it's hard to grasp the concept as an educator. It's like everything that you want to be true for yourself professionally, you can create. And it's hard mm-hmm. to like, it's hard to believe that when you are working in organizations that can feel so constraining or they're, they, they, mm-hmm. they, so much paternalism of, of making decisions on your behalf or people who tell you this is the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you're, you're, you may not have formal authority, but to hear you say like, this is what I wanted to be true for my personal life. And therefore like, this is what this meant for my professional life. And I still wanted to make 
make a, a salary that I wanted for myself. Like, you, yeah, know, you, yeah. you don't have to sacrifice. Like you can have both of those things. Yes. Yeah. There is such a, you know, and I wonder how much of it is because of how many women are in education. Both of these things happen. And like, I went to college, I'm a feminist. I'm like, but I think there's this idea of, right? Like the sacrifice or like, you can only do good in the world if you're not doing well financially. And you know, that was right. like, a motivator. like, look, because look, I could sell, I had to buy my ex out of my house. I could sell my mm. house. Mm. I didn't want to sell my house. I like right. my house and I wanted to be stable for my kids. Right. And it was like, well, I could make myself smaller, but why should I like, instead, why don't I like, and let me tell you, I have looked at more proposals and been like, what? and I'm like, I'm <laughs> chewing it for a few days. And I'm like, I'm, we need this, they bring it, you know, they're trusted, they come from this, whatever it is. And, and it, it always really helped us. And it always seemed worth the investment. But I think the other thing is like, not just for so like, sure, you, people think like, well, should I adjust my standard of living? Should I do this? And it's like, because I'm doing like the most important work on the planet, I should do that. Like, this is why right. we lose great talent. And then the other piece is that I've become more active in the last few years um, and did some fun, like some work for the election and did a lot of volunteering and did, you know, like, you know, my $25 at a time, whatever. And I was like, I really like giving money away to pieces I care about and having mm-hmm. done fundraising for my school. I know how impactful it is when somebody's like, here's a big check or let me just do this donor because that now meant that my students had robotics or we went to all go see Black Panther when it came out. And so... Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, like, I can channel that and use the money to make an impact in where I want to be. I think actually I decided today when I was exercising that I think um, my life goal might not be to be a philanthropist. So I'm glad I'm channeling the Super Soul Sunday. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, this is great. They're like causes I really believe in. And, you know, they yeah. people like, they need your time. They also need your money. Right, okay? right, 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 you know? right, so, right. Oh, I love that because... Beth, we're we are like the the perfect people to have this conversation around like money is actually a a a, a source of power that we should not be shying away from. No. And it's no. like and, and and part of it is because again, we're I mean, and we'll we're gonna get into the the mindset part, the mind trash yeah. part of this journey, but like well, like we have I think part of our society because we live in a society that has a deep history of oppression mm-hmm. and institutionalized oppression and racism, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the narrative around money that we see is when money is used as a tool to oppress or when mm-hmm. money is used mm-hmm. as, a, as a tool to concentrate power and the power hoard. When mm-hmm. there is also another narrative of money where actually money is used as a tool to dismantle and mm-hmm. to redistribute power mm-hmm. and, to, and to, to create more liberation and freedom. But we don't hear about that narrative often because there is a cycle of oppression and power that actually keeps money out of the hands of people who are values driven and values the line. Mm-hmm. So therefore, mm-hmm. like there's not the, the level of, of, of public stories that we can see mm-hmm. to be able to see those examples. So I just appreciate you so much naming because what I actually want educators getting co- more comfortable with is like saying like, I like money and I like yeah. money because what it allows me to do yes. is like, it allows me to create freedom for myself. Cause when I get free, I create freedom for other people. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so, so I just, I just appreciate you naming that. So you got mad receipts, you know how to, you have tons of gifts. So, and you use the word earlier of like experimenting a little bit in your business. Mm-hmm. And so 
where where would you what problem would you say that your business is is solving and or if you're still experimenting with that like what what problems are you experimenting with solving in your business that's a great question and i feel like it comes ripped from the headlines it's like a free class for people i think that i am so my draft theory of personal change that i'm working on is that I want to make schools as impactful as possible because I think kids, particularly brown and black kids, particularly from low-income communities, deserve a great education. And I know that when the leaders of those schools are firing all cylinders, those schools become great. And I know that that is no small feat to fire all cylinders. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes you are doing like three people's jobs at once. And so right. my job is to help those leaders fire up some more cylinders. So sometimes that Mm -hmm. looks like leadership coaching. Sometimes it looks Mm -hmm. like leadership development. Sometimes it looks like projects, like let's work on this. I'm working with a couple of principals in Boston on bringing new curriculum in next year. So, you know, they want to do this, but they kind of need this outside. And I, and Erica, I mean, I swear to you today, we just like happen to have our check-ins you know, I'm working on this with a friend of mine, which is also like another great way to consult is like all these people I know are doing it's like, oh, we can work together again. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And these principles were like, I can't even tell you. I mean, one of them said, people know when I'm talking about you, even when they can see me through a window because my face lights up. I love talking about mm. working with you guys. This makes, this brings me so much joy. I feel like I'm able to make some traction on this. This other principal, oh, her meeting was yesterday, was like, like almost like in tears, like, look at this chart and we're going to get here by June and we can do this. And it's like, you know, I'm just taking skills that I've used and I have the benefit of like, I'm not the one who has to worry about who's covering lunch duty. I'm not the one who has to think about what's going to happen with the procedure. Like I've been where that principle is. Your mind is all over. And so just to have someone who comes in and talks about the part you need to talk about and like also is like, yeah, so I'm going to draft some schedule options for next time and how I think you think about staffing and let's decide on staffing before we think about you know, what PD internalization protocols look like, like it's stuff that I know how to do and that I'm good at, but it gives them some breathing room. So I think it's really, I find myself gravitating to work around leaders in that way. And I find myself most enjoying my work with CEOs principles. I'm doing some other stuff because I'm just, again, I'm experimenting. And like, so I'm on this project now where I like have been thinking about this program and how it helps state agencies be more coherent. And like, you know, I talked to like two state chief like the head of education in Pennsylvania mm, on Monday, mm. right? I talked to the guy who was the head of education, the chief in Nevada. And it was also super interesting just to get that perspective on like what their role looks like and how education looks like from their vantage point. So I'm kind of experimenting and trying to enjoy it. And then also just like listening to like what really like makes me excited and I look forward to. And it really, so far, it's been the work with the leaders. Mm. Actually, and, and, and JT, not to really put you on the spot here, excuse me, Dr. Jordan Thomas, but when you posted about your, I was laughing because one of the people, one of the clients on this project was on your capstone committee. And I was like, I know that guy. Ah! <laughs> so I was yeah. like, wait a second. I was like, the world is this small. Um, so small. So, so it's kind so of fun. Small. So as much oh, as I'm like, goodness. oh, I don't have coworkers or meet them or you know, it's like, yeah, but I'm like meeting all these other interesting people. And, you know, that is, it's not quite the same as like someone to see on a Monday, but, you know, I have friends for that too. And I have my old coworkers and, you know, all of that. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. That is so, yeah. so funny. Such a small yeah. world. So, so small. Like, when you think about, so with that problem, like, what, was it just like super clear? Like, this is what I'm, I want to do? No. Or? So what I did was in the course I went through, um, and you know, it's interesting because a lot of the work, I did a lot of reflecting and I really like working with teachers. Um, I, I led 
probably one of the most fun things I did was like, I don't know, maybe five or six years into teaching actually a guy I talked to yesterday and that, I mean, my network is coming in big. That was another reason I felt like I could do consulting. Like I've been doing this for over 20 years. I know these people. So a guy I know who's now a major philanthropist, which is fantastic, leads a major philanthropy group, I should say, um, was it a KIPP and was like, we, our teachers are really good. They should lead some professional development. So we're going to have you work with this principal from Houston. You guys are going to get people from our top four performing schools and you guys are going to lead figure out how do we get our kids to be better writers. And it was a blast. I mean, I, we, mm. <laughs> there was like a lot of like really great retreats and school visits and like also a lot of like flip cup and like crazy. Like it was like, <laughs> just, like a very fun, like, no one, there's like one guy who was a professor there who was really helpful to us. And he was like the older one. He's probably like seven years old than us. And he had kids. And he used to be like, these are the greatest trips. And his wife is like, you're getting paid to do this? And like, we were all like single in our 20s and 30s. I'm like, it's just our weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really thought it was going to be teachers. And so yeah. in my time in your course, I did a lot of like thinking about the teacher problem, what I wanted to find, what I wanted to do, what else is in that space. And I realized that I think that teachers are obviously an incredibly important lever, but not as much as I think. I think leaders are a more important lever because I think that I've seen a lot of great teachers leave teaching because of the leader. And so yep. I felt like that. And I also felt more uniquely qualified to contribute. And then I also reached out to like five different people to talk to folks who I thought like might be interested in this stuff. So like a principal of a school in the Bay Area, a friend mm-hmm. who's the head of HR at a larger charter network and just like pick their brain about like, what do you use consultants for? What are you thinking about? Because I think when I started, it was really about reducing turnover, right? Because turnover Mm -hmm. is so expensive. It's so challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really preventable in a lot of cases. And I mean, look, there, there, there should be some turnover in organizations, like good organizations can turn fast. I truly believe Mm -hmm. that. But you know, when you're losing high quality folks who are mission critical, and it really bothers me when they leave to go into other sectors, because they feel like they can't have a career in education. So I kind of started with that idea. And then it kind of has developed into this for right now. So we'll see. Mm-hmm, that kind of sticks. Mm-hmm. But I really did a lot of thinking about the turnover issues and about kind of teacher development. But really, I found that like, even just like trying something out, sitting with it. And like, it's like, what, like, what did my body tell me? Like, what was I excited about? What did my heart feel light about? What was I like, really interested in? Yeah. Which was a towel too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so another theme that comes up in these conversations is just like, you got to experiment. You got to do the work mm-hmm. to be able to like get clarity on your next steps. And like similar to what you were saying, like I got, I got really clear. And here's, well, here's the thing too, is like you can do the teacher stuff and I could do the teacher stuff and we would be really great at it. But it's yeah, just like, yeah. it's like, but I'm not, it feels, it feels like work, work. Like, yes, like I'm yeah. going to be great, yeah. but it just feels like work, work. And to your point, like I, I've had one, one and only one contract where I did a professional development specifically for teachers, and it was great. I got great feedback, but I was like, I don't, I don't like that. No, like, it's, and it's like a friend of mine. She's like, here's what I'm really great at, and here is what I can do. Yeah. And she goes, and when I first started out, I was very, and that is another way that your course helped me get clear because I, our school, I'm very proud of the work our school has done around community engagement, around community support, around just like listening to families, like it's not perfect, but I think it's, it's been, it's been really good. And a lot of schools seem to do that. I don't, it's not that I don't enjoy that work as much, but the part of the work that work I enjoy would not be like working with different communities on that. It's more like working in my community of Roseland doing Mm -hmm, that, that is mm -hmm, enjoyable. mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a million things with like charter renewal and documents and like a lot of stuff on fundraising. I could, we yeah. raised a million dollars in a month our first year. Like oh, I could wow. do stuff on fundraising, but like, I don't like it. It feels like work. Yeah. work. And yeah. so, you know, it, and I am going to be a Gallup certified coach soon. And Ooh. so mm-hmm, should yes. be coming any day now. But one of the things they talk about is you really play to your strengths and yes. it's Ease, excellence, and enjoyment. Where are the Mm. places where you just are in flow, you're excited, and you know it's so it's really thinking about that piece as well. Um, Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So you you recently shared a celebration of well, you've had an you've had multiple clients since you began this consulting journey, but you just shared a recent celebration of I did finding a client where it's like I found this, I cultivated this, like yes. My, my, my like fruits that, you know, the seeds I planted, they have yes. grown. And so talk to us about, cause it sounds like they're, well, talk to us about the outside of this celebration and we're, we're going to dive into the celebration because yeah, yeah. it's really important, but like up to that point, how had you found your clients? And then with this particular client, yeah. what strategies did you use that, that, led to that opportunity? So great question. So I found my, so in December, I talked to just a few people. I I talked to my, one of my mentors who had literally just done exactly what I'm doing, transitioned to CEO role of a network, was a senior advisor. He had six months, I had three um, and was kind of, he is still looking like he's, I think, looking for his home and kind of doing this as like a stop gap, which happens a lot. But I kind of talked to him just as like a friendly catch up. And then I also, a very good friend of mine said, I'm doing some side hustle stuff. She's a DEI specialist. I'm doing some side hustle mm-hmm. stuff with this woman who's like a professional consultant. She seems to know a lot of people you guys should just meet. So we did like a Zoom in December 20th, like during, you know, right before, right when break started, fine. And then both of them called me in January and said, Hey, I haven't, I haven't, there was one, it was a proposal um, for this national project. And the other, it was a contract. And I think I could do some help to do this. And, and I had heard that that's a really good way. Just like talk to people, you know, who, who are consultants and mm-hmm. they will have overflow work. And that can be a good way. Because again, I mean, I feel like, okay, I have this goal. I like go off the paycheck on June 30th, I need to have a serious cushion in the bank because mm-hmm. the reality is with consultants, it is a, a cash flow tricky, right? right, it's, like right. Famine. it's not like every right. first and 15th, I get this. So I need to have a cushion in the bank. And, you know, initially I was worried about making my own salary. And I think one of the things I learned in your class, was like when I start to break this down by month and by week and by time, I was like, oh, oh, I, I actually not need to be worried about that. What I need to be worried about is A, having enough money to pay my taxes <laughs> um, and not spending it all right away. And then B, like, well, how much do I want to make? And then therefore, what right. should I do? And so I found those both through working. And one of them is particular. one is a very consistent contract, which is very helpful. And so it's not mm-hmm. a lot all the time, but it's, it's really great. Um, and consistent. And then the other is like ebbs and flows, like some weeks, it's a lot more hours than others, but that's been helpful. And then truthfully, what I still think I might do at some point is I would love to do like a group course or Hmm. I don't think one-on-one coaching, you know, like I have different thoughts about like, you know, I have like kind of like a suite of PD that I do for Hmm. leaders and teams that I'm like, I feel like I could do this and package it. I feel like I could do that. Like, so I'm kind of more, I feel like in the consultant phase than like the business page, like business. Mm. I mean, I would have like a product or service. I'd be like, I do these three things, sign up for them. And I feel like I'm more like, I kind of am a utility player. Let's do a proposal. Let's talk. Mm. So 
you know, I, which is, I think, okay. Like I'm experimenting and seeing and like building it up. And, and the first priority is still the income right now. And also just seeing what I like. And so I, this one, I had happened to post on LinkedIn that like, I think I like even just like changed my job. It was like not some big unveiling. I did, I did hire someone to do my website and I can go into why I did that as a step because I don't think it's a necessary step, but it worked for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of was like, oh, my website's live. I'm doing this. And literally got like a LinkedIn message from a guy I taught who like, I think I overlapped for for one year in North Carolina, 2003 mm. to 2007. I like, so I, I knew him in like 2007. I truly have not talked to him since. And he was like, I'm doing some work with this program in California and they need a program evaluator, do you do program evaluation? And one thing I learned from a book that you sent us as a little gift with that kind of crusty, weird white guy. I have his books on my thing. They're like my... I'm like value-based fees, sign me up, million dollar launch. I'm like, okay, weirdo white guy who like makes weird comments, but like I'm gonna take listen so that I can get the money. And you know what? Listen. (laughs) Give I'll take your cheat code. And right. I'm gonna look back all these like weird anecdotes that crusty white guy. Yeah. Like okay, like no, that doesn't resonate at all. But this little cheat code of like value-based fees, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna apply my values to it and keep it moving. Yep. Exactly. It was really, it's, it's really interesting. Right. And like one thing he says in the book, right. is like when somebody asks if you do something you say yes, because if you don't know how you figure it out and you have time when you write the proposal and you can, if you truly feel like I can't do this, you can go back or you can find someone who can do it and subcontract with them. Right. And take something yeah. off the top there. So, but I do do, pro- I mean, I've done program evaluation is like pre and post surveys. Like, I mean, I've done that teach for American Institute. Hello, like right, Institute right. survey. Like I, I live that life, you know, hard. So, Ooh, yeah. um, and so he connected me to them in March. We did a call. I wrote a proposal. I was really nervous because I felt like the fees were high and I gave a few options and I did this and I was like, okay, I followed off and I did this. I'm like, look from the book. I'm like, what does it say to do? <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. It's also like startup life, right? They like found out that a corporate sponsor came through. They're really excited. They're like, we can start you the week of March 3rd because we get our check May 1st or May 3rd because we get our check May 1st. And so we want to be able to pay you your 50% up front. I was like, yes, you do want to pay me my 50% up front. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes. 100%. Okay. So I, and honestly, if you had asked me in a million years, I never would have said this guy would have connected me. Ever, yeah, ever, yeah. because like I truly, we didn't even work at the same school. We worked at two schools on the same campus, but yeah. he just knows me by reputation. And now he's a principal and he's doing some freelance stuff with this. And so I do think your networks can be such a rich source. Yes. And you should feel good about that, you know, and your reputation. Yeah. Like he didn't do it. And, and the, the, the clients even said to me, they're like, they use some phrase that I forget. And, and one's like an education person, one's a business person. And so, and the business person's like, you basically had like the advantage of being the first person we talked to. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they said, Hey, do you know mm. who does this? He gave me a name. He set up an each, you know, I, I responded and like, you know, I think they kind of felt like, well, we could go try and find someone, but like, she has done a hell of a lot. She knows what she's talking about. She can give this to us. And he said, he goes, we're actually paying you for what you forgot that you are, you know, like, you know, so much that we are paying yeah. you for that conversation. You know, because even the other day we were talking about this, you know, in this contract meeting, well, should you give the proposal, should you give the survey for the kids before they enroll in the summer school cool program they're doing? It's like pop up and culture responsive teaching and Zoom or whatever. And I was like, look, no, I run a school. The enrollment paperwork is as short as possible. You get those Mm. seats and you give yourself 
the 20 or 30 minutes or whatever you need on the first day to do the mm-hmm. pre-survey because mm-hmm. you need those butts and seats to make your right. brand successful. And like, right. still, and it's like, that wasn't like related to the project. It was just like something I could pull from my treasure. Trip, right. So. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. So for, I have a couple more questions, but for folks, if you have questions that have come up, please go ahead and drop those into the chat and I will make sure that those get answered for you. But that this, this key point that you're naming, because this is like, this is a part of the pivot that we have to make from, you know, moving from educator to edupreneur is that like, mm-hmm. you know, part of, of, you know, there's this framework that talks about three sources of, of power that we each have. It mm. talks about personal power, positional power, and relational power. And mm-hmm. relational power, as you know, it it na- is named, it comes from the relationships, but it talks about there's two types of, of relationships in your network. There's your direct ties, which are people you have mm-hmm. the direct relationship with. And then there's your indirect ties of people who your direct ties are connected with. So that one degree mm-hmm. of separation. And so what you're naming and is part of my belief too, when it comes to starting your consulting business, like all of your opportunity when you're starting, is going to come through your direct and indirect ties. Yeah. And so what does it look like to be able to put in the work to leverage those direct and indirect ties rather than the misstep that so many people make is they like, I, I can't, every time someone asks me, do you cold email principles? I'm like, no, do not do that. <laughs> Having received several thousand of those, that's a hard Listen, I'm like, that is a hard, do not cold email anybody. It's not a good use of your time. It is not a good use of your time. And it's like one of the ways where, like, it's like, why would you make that harder for yourself? Like, why would you, like, why would you go to somebody who you don't know to ask them to spend money with you? Why wouldn't you start to your point of like, people who know your work and even if it's like we haven't you know been connected in years but they know your values like they know mm-hmm. that they're not gonna waste their money when like they're connecting with you and they're you know contracting with you so i just want to underscore that point for folks of just like leveraging your network for those opportunities well so, and so interestingly so so today i was talking with this old program director of mine. Mm-hmm. And she kind of started right before she started in October 2019. And mm-hmm. so like then it was a pandemic and whatever. And so she was talking about some of her own journey. And I was like, actually I think she should take your course. I think she would really enjoy it. So <laughs> even though she's been doing this, but she said that someone had given her the advice to email five contacts a week and just see what mm-hmm. happened. Cause she was like a little bit she's like, I feel like I want to be doing more work. Mm-hmm. And she said, interestingly, First of all, I think that I didn't want to put the time in to really try because I was worried what would happen if I really did. And I do think that fear, when fear drives the bus, it's not good. And that's like in life, not just in entrepreneurship. And so like, A, that she was aware of that fear. And then she was like, you know, I feel like I can't ever, I was like, just do five a week, see what happens. She said back in three weeks, I had more work than I could handle. You know, like that, because I'm just saying to people, I'm available. Do you know someone? Do you know this? And like, when you're trying to think, can I make my salary? You sit down to do that math. Listen. You actually, it doesn't take that many clients to make your salary, right? Like, listen, listen, listen. And this is, so, so this is why, and I mean, this is the mind trash, which we're going to move to here in a second. Mm-hmm. My first contract though, three years ago, it was for a day of PD. And first off, my prices were trash. They've since changed. Wow. But like, but like at that time, <laughs> For a day of PD, I made $1,600 for one day. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. like, 
like at that time, I was actually a principal and I was a principal in the state that has the 49 is ranked 49th for principal pay in the, mm. in the, the country. And so that $1,600 was yeah. actually equivalent oh, yeah. to like a week of, of, of right. my principal a week salary, of my principal salary or a day of PD. And so right? like, to your point of like when people are, and I think that's just one of the mindset shifts of like the, the, there's like two, two money. Well, many pieces of money mind trash. Cause there's this belief that like education doesn't have money when it's like, mm, no, oh, like, education has so much money. So I don't think much it's on the right things, but there's that's so the much problem. money. <laughs> there is, there is yeah. an uh, oversaturation of, of money. We just don't, no, it doesn't. Where... You don't see it if you're in a classroom. You're like, huh, where? How? No, but there is so much money that there people are spending education. So much money. You and... help me see that. Yeah. And so, and why shouldn't you be the one to help? Because I actually can bring a real impact. So why am I going to be let the college exactly. board or let great minds or whatever charge all this for PD? It's like I could do that, and I could actually do it in a customized way to your school Listen. and like with this perspective. Yeah. Girl. Listen. And there's like this like how we as educators value a dollar. Like we've been conditioned to 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 operate from scarcity because of how yes, our profession, yes, yes. you know, yes. um, how we are undervalued as a profession. Recycle are, file folders, flip inside out, like yeah, listen, like water on the dried out marker. Listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of that. So because of that, we're like, oh my gosh, to charge. And for, I, I know for some people, when I say a hundred dollars an hour, they're like, oh my god, that's so much money. I'm like, that's actually really low. That is really, really low, really low for a consulting hourly rate to where right. I, I no one in my program is allowed to charge that. Right. Um, right. But but just naming that, that those are some of the like the 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 pieces that come up that we have to recondition ourselves for. So speaking of mindsets, like if you had to name like one or two mindsets that you have had to work through, you've had to manage or you might still be managing in your journey, what would those be? Yep. I'm, there's definitely always ongoing work. I would say it's interesting, right? Like the idea that I'm worth it, like I'm worth mm. high prices because mm. I think that, you know, it's so like, I hear what you just said. Okay. Like $600 is like a week is a principle for you. And then what I would have heard before this is okay. But then four weeks as a principle means four days of work. And how do you, mm. you know, but do you do this and you can't, you can't do PD mm. every day of the year. So, mm. you know, or whatever and it's like, well, wait a second. I could double my prices and work half as many days, right? Like, yeah. And you know, does that mean that everyone's going to hire you? No, but right. you don't need everyone to hire you, all right? You right. don't need that many people to hire you at all. I mean, right. so like, once I started, at, when I was kind of thinking about a few years ago, I was like, kind of thinking about being like a, I don't know, I feel like a, you know, life coach, Oprah esque, Oprah early in my journey. <laughs> but I was talking to a mentor of mine who said, I talked to someone once who, who does like consulting. He takes four clients a year and charges $75,000 for the year. And I was like, mm-hmm. Excuse me? This mm-hmm. man has four clients. This is his full time work life. Mm-hmm. And he makes what? Yeah. But he, he doesn't have any problem being worth it. And I'm not, those mm-hmm. are not my prices currently. They might be one day, not mm-hmm. yet. But but it's like, it is, there is a, a balance and there is an element of risk that's also involved that I'm trying to get more comfortable with. But I mean, the reward is so huge, right? right. That it's like seeing that risk and reward and being okay with that and, and, and stepping out on faith and believing in myself. And I think for me, 
part of it was like, wait a second, I started a business. It was called a school and I had to yes. the freaking board of education yes. at Chicago Public Schools to approve it, which it is like much easier to start a regular business than convince them to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could do that, I can do this, right? And so I think it's also, and like not everyone might've had that experience, but you can think of times in your life that you've done right? You walked into an unfriendly room and converted people into believers. You built relationships in uncomfortable situations, like whatever the skills you might need for you figured out a new skill, like, I don't know, teaching on zoom. Guess what? You can probably figure out like how to have a business Instagram page. Like you're pretty smart. You've done it before. So therefore take what you did, apply it. Like you've done in the past, you can do it in the future, right? You, you, You can't hold yourself back though. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You just said a minute ago, and I, I wanted to circle it back to it because it, it, it sounded like there was a nugget there. Because actually someone asked earlier in the Get Launch Consulting Facebook group, someone had asked thoughts around like which social media platform. And it was, it was an interesting question, but also it was a, it was a question that was like, the, the focus of the question was in the wrong place because it was mm-hmm. like, which, which, social media platforms, you know, is going to help me best connect with this one, this person or this teacher or whatever, where do teachers most lit? And it's like, actually the question is like, what are you going to be most consistent with? Like, it's not about like, yes, like, yes, the, yes, 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 the, yes, the yes. platform that of, of connecting. No. It's like, actually like based also, on like, your strength. How many millions of teachers are there out there? You do not Listen. need them all. Right. Listen, like they everywhere. They're everywhere. They're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they're on IG, they're everywhere. It's just where are you gonna be consistent? Where do you like to spend your time? Where do you feel right. most comfortable with? And so I just I so that led me to because you mentioned the website part. And so I just wanted to give yeah, you the yeah, opportunity yeah. to speak to that because you said I didn't I, I that was an intentional choice for you because you're like I I giving your direct ties and indirect ties. Like that's not like a huge game changer, but you were intentional making that decision. So if you could just talk to us about that, because I feel like so many people like start with the website when it's like, like you You actually could do. I mean, when I started my school, I had a flyer, right? And it was big thing about you have a flyer. And so like you had the name of your school and you had to have your mission statement. And then once you had that, you had a flyer and that was all I needed for nine months of the school, Mm -hmm. right? Because I meet with people, I'd send them the flyer, I'd send an email, I do that. So you do not need a website for me it was, I sometimes have to, I don't want to say trick myself. I would say like motivate my, not motivate myself. Like, so I had, sorry, I'm got to maybe plug in my phone in a second. Um, so I had a, I felt like if I had a business, I would feel like I would, if I had a website, I would feel like uh, I would be a consultant. Yeah, and if yeah, I had yeah. a website and if I paid a not inconsiderable sum of my own personal money for this website, I would also feel like I had to go hustle for clients because I better at least go make back what I just spent on that website. So for me, it was like a mental piece. And then honestly, I was thinking about the social media, whatever. And a very wise woman named Erica Jordan Thomas was like, look, do a photo shoot. I'm like, where do you get all these great pictures? She's like, I do a photo shoot. You can do Airbnb. It cost me a hundred dollars. And I was like, oh, I can call it a business expense to get a blowout and like look good. (laughs) Because I also knew like, I didn't like what I had. I would feel weird putting myself out there. So like with me, it's like, I felt like if I spent the money on a website, it would be a credibility tool. It would help me and it would help me feel legitimate. And truthfully, I built, I built my school's first website. Like I know how to do Mm. it on Squarespace. But I was like, no, I'm going to pay this woman I know who's also a small business owner, who's a black woman who I know from Teach for America to build it because she'll do it better and faster than I do. And my time is valuable and I need to spend my time on what I can do and what I do right. think about what I'm selling and how. And so 
that was helpful. Also, I have used a simile. I booked an expensive, one of my favorite luxury resorts. I am taking my children there after school ends for four days. And it is not cheap. And I can't believe I'm spending this amount of money to take my three children to this place because usually it's cheap for me. And you know what? I did it because now I better go out there and earn that money because yeah. I want to go to Sanderling. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah. kind of helps motivate me like that investment piece, but it yeah. is a hundred percent unnecessary. A hundred percent unnecessary. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Because well, and, and I appreciate that because what's underneath that is this mindset of like, I have the power to generate money when I want to. Yeah. You know, yes. I'm yes. just like, like, and that's the, the, the opposite of that scarcity mindset of like, look, if I need $5,000, all right, what, what do I, what do I need to do? Yeah. All right. So, um, I want to be, be thoughtful of your time because you shared with us so much great wisdom. Uh-huh. My last question for you is just what advice do you have for folks who are, are starting their journey? And then I also want to give you the opportunity to just share around how people can get in contact with you and what you're offering yeah. in your business. So, but what advice do you have for folks who are starting their education consulting businesses? I think just do it, right? Like done is better than perfect. You're never going to get the perfect setup. Do what you want to do. It's a journey. That's part of what makes it interesting. I think if you're in education, you generally have like a learner posture anyway, right? You like learning, you like trying new things and you'll do this and you'll learn through this. And like, you know, you really have to think about not letting fear hold you back or not letting a lot of your mind trash hold you back, which takes some working through. I think your course is incredibly helpful to that. Like the pre-work, the unpacking, the like, wait, why couldn't you charge that? What do you mean? There's no money education, you know? And it it helps you kind of work through some layers and how you want to work there. So I think that's like, it's so far, it's been great. It's been freeing. It is, I mean, I, you know, there's a flexibility that I've never had. Right. And Mm -hmm. and I need it. Right. I mean, I've got three Mm -hmm. small kids, like I'm a single mom, like I I gotta Mm -hmm. be able to do this so I can show for them. And so I am, uh, yeah, I would say just do it. So, mm. and folks who are interested can go to my, go to that website that I motivated ah! myself to <laughs> figure out. And, and I think too, you can be like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. It was, it was $2,000 and I was like, $2,000, like it's coming out. of my Guess mm. what? The first check I got from the first little thing covered that expense. Right. And so, and, and look, that website actually had nothing to do with me getting this particular client, but like these things pay for themselves. Right. Right. right, You know, it's it's a little bit of that piece, but folks can go to that website and check it out. So it's Beth Napleton, N-A-P-L-E-T-O-N.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter. And I will say anyone who signs up for my newsletter there and checks it out and gets on that in the next 24 hours. So we'll call it 7 p.m. Central time. Um, I will put in a drawing to win an hour of free strength coaching from me because oh. I'm just getting started as a strength coach. So you do have to take the Gallup Strength Assessment if you haven't already, which is like a 30-minute self-assessment, super fun. It's like $20. Mm-hmm. You're on the hook for that, but I'm going to give you the hour of coaching, which is a $300 value. So yeah, um, that's what I'll do. Anyone who signs up, and I'm going to pull from anyone, so folks who are live or other people you know, or if you see, if you're on it and think like, oh, my friend would like this, be like, look, go over there, sign up for her newsletter. And then I'll put you in a drawing to win. So I'll probably announce that. I don't know what, maybe tomorrow night, maybe I'll wait, maybe I'll wait till Monday and I'll be generous. Who knows? Because you know what? <laughs> I'm the boss. So I can, decide. yes, uh, oh but you do not want to wait. You want to get on there and sign up and then see what you can get signed for the newsletters so that you could potentially win the hour of free strength coaching. So, yes. um, oh, which is kind that. of one of those things I'm going to do. It's not like the thing I want to do, but I really, I, you know, I, I think when you look at an organization or at a person and just think, where are the strengths here? You can just go so much further when you think about right. them when thinking about deficits. So I think right. that's true for students. I think it's true for teachers, yep. principals, everyone. So 
Oh my yeah. gosh, I love it so much. And just to underscore the value of Strength Finders coaching, even though IG Live can feel very scary for people, the, the reason why I step into it is because I know my number one strength is Relator. And so because mm. my number one strength is Relator, this is where I flow is having like these IG Live conversations because a Relator is one who thrives on one-on-one connections and relating to other people. Yeah. Um, and deep so, knowledge. Yep, I was trained in February before. I, uh, the Relator is my number four. So no wonder we got Oh <laughs> my gosh, love it, love yeah, it, love it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. This has been a joy. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for all the things that your business is gonna do. I'm excited for you to build your wealth because I know of all of the systems that you will disrupt in the name of kids and communities with with the wealth that you're building. And so I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you. I'm forever in your corner and excited just for for everything in your business. Well, I am very grateful to you because you helped teach me at a moment when I really needed a little bit of a nudge and you've been a tremendous, tremendous resource. So I'm so excited for the world to get Dr. Jordan Thomas out because I feel like it's been a little Dr. JT has been like in the works. And now I just, I can't wait because I think it is, there's so many ways to make this world a more just and equitable place. And there's lots of places to do it from. It doesn't have to be from a school building um, or from your current position. So thinking about that, I think is really important. Awesome. Well, folks, please show love for Beth in the chat. Thank you. Thank her for her time and for her wisdom. Beth, thank you. You're getting love in the chat. Folks have been able to grow in their wisdom and their belief in themselves because of you. So just thank you so much. This was a joy. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much, dear. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye, Bye. for sure.